Welcome once again to another episode of Demand Gen Radio, the one program that brings you all the latest methods and technologies for driving growth and increasing demand. With the voice of Demand Gen, David Lewis. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another episode of Demand Gen Radio. Wow, six years went by really, really quickly. And you're like, six years, maybe this is your very first episode. But six years ago, my guest was episode number two. This is actually her third time on the podcast. So please join me in welcoming back Kate Federer. Kate, good to see you. Hello, you too. I feel like we should have walk-up music for you, or at least, do I have an applause? I'm probably going to push the wrong button. Let's see. Uh, you're gonna bleep me out with an applause. Yeah, there we go, ladies Yay! and gentlemen. Kate I did. Fair. I did comment about all your fancy new technology yeah. when we were episode two. I think it was you and I calling each other on a cell phone. I. You know what? It was. It was just audio. Now here yeah, we are, video. I. I mean, live and in whoa, person. Whoa, whoa, things have really changed. Uh, so I got together. Ken and I have known each other for many, 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 many years, and I miss seeing you. By the way. Uh, we haven't been to a conference in a long time. And the last time we got together, I think was on a rooftop in Las Vegas somewhere at one of the conferences. I feel like I'm remembering back to the Palms Hotel or, or one of the many, but here we are virtual. Uh, and I think, you know, my daughter moved to Colorado, which means we will see each other either at a conference or when I'm out there. Um, I said to Kate, I said, what do you want to talk about? And she said, e-commerce. And, you know, the very the nice thing is like you were episode number two. This is the very first time that we've ever talked about e-commerce on Demand Gen Radio. Go figure. There you go. Breaking new ground. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to start off, I think, by giving a little little blanket statement. Kate and I, like to get, we like to get a little controversial with each other. We, we agree on a lot of stuff, and we also sometimes agree to disagree. We'll see where this goes today. But I was saying to Kate, like, when you talk about e-commerce, when you think about it, you think about all of us, our buying patterns, especially in the era of COVID, if you were to draw a graph and you say... Okay, is sales' role in the buying process on this trajectory going down and marketing's trajectory for their role and involvement in the buying process going up here? Does this sales line, you know, has it hit the bottom? Is it ever going to hit the bottom? And is, is marketing ever going to have total ownership of e-commerce? So let's, let's start there as we dive into the topic. What do you think, Kate? I is think it death of a salesman? Is, like, is it, it is was not. the movie right? The movie was wrong as far as we're concerned. So I work at Lumen Technologies um, and we have all kinds of products. So I see the role of sales decreasing in very quick transactional products, but we sell B2B products ranging from you know $50 a month on up indefinitely. And somebody that's that's trying to purchase a $50 quick transactional product definitely might be not looking for a salesperson. And it's funny, my husband owns a small business. So that's the kind of product that he's looking for. He says, I know I need internet access. Let's let's get that going and, and bing, bang, boom, he's done. We sell all the way up to the Fortune 500 who want security and edge computing and all of the different networking and functionality that they need. They're looking at tens to hundreds of thousands of dollars a month of of a bill from us that that salesperson is never going to go away mm -hmm. the salesperson on that quick transactional product possibly but again you have to have those off ramps on there because my husband might not be sure 
Does he want one gig a month, 10 gigs a month, 50 gigs a month? He has no idea. He wants somebody that he can call and say, hey, I own this kind of business. I am a travel agent. What do I need? How do I do that? So for our e-commerce, we make sure we have a very tight alignment and partnership with sales so that there are that off-ramp. Yeah. We can meet the customer wherever they want to be. Do you want to do this completely self-service transaction? That option is there. Do you want to be able to chat with a sales rep and have a conversation and make sure you're buying the right thing? That option's there. Is there a 1-800 number that somebody will call you back? That option's also there. And that's what to us is the most important thing. Meet the customer where they want to be. Somebody is still going to want to pick up the phone. Yeah. It never fails. So we got to clear up a really big mm -hmm. misconception that I'm sure some percentage of this audience now has. You yes. said, Kate said, I work at Lumen. This is not Lumen, the company in the show Severance, the Apple TV series. She does not make little brain implants that separates your persona from day and night. I, I think I asked you, had you seen it yet? And you, you hadn't yet, right? I have not. No. Have so not it's not that it Lumen. It is one of the largest telecommunications company in the world. What are you guys like? How large in the US? Number one, two, three, four, five. You guys are big. I don't remember. That's I have, big. Well, 134 last Fortune 500 came out. Wow. 134 so on the big. Fortune 500. So yes. big. And so big. you guys have been doing telecommunications for a long time. You didn't at at one point right, do any e-commerce, right? When did, did e-commerce roughly start, do you think, for the organization? We How far back does that go? The e-commerce e organization kind of has been around for a while and, and the function has been there for us, mainly on the consumer side. What we did recently do was make a transition between e-commerce in a homegrown platform and putting Adobe Commerce on top of that and having Adobe Commerce start to power our e-commerce functionality and then really start to link in with our website functionality, with our email functionality, with our data layer functionality. And how do we, from a marketing perspective, start to craft an entire narrative and not leave e-commerce out of that narrative. It's now part of that just as much as, you know, six years ago, we were talking about running a Marketo instance. Right. That That's a portion of it, but that's not everything anymore. And now as we start to take a look at digital, it's funny, I was talking to my boss the other day. I said, remember when we just worried about sending out emails? That was fun. Um, yeah. That was a good, good time then. <laughs> um, and that's just kind of one small part now. And digital to us is holistically, how are we talking to the customer in that learn and buy experience and, and through that cycle? And so we have to have it all powered under a central kind of nervous system place where data is flowing back and forth. We understand who's abandoning a cart and how do we get them into the nurture programs that they need, the thought leadership programs that they need. How do we connect you to a sales rep and get that info information into Salesforce for you? And we kind of found getting that holistic view in the Adobe suite is what's going to help us be able to power that. Yeah. Because frankly, if stuff doesn't talk to each other, it doesn't, I don't care, you know, it, and it's the same conversation that we had six years ago about Marketo. If it didn't plug into Marketo, it didn't exist to us. Well, 
Now it's, if it doesn't plug into Adobe, it doesn't exist for us. Everything has to be able to plug in and that, that learn and that buy conversation and, and make sure everything talks together and is working as a, as a, as a well-oiled machine. Yeah. I would love to say we're great at it. We're not. Well, but, <laughs> we're not it, perfect, but is anybody but right? I mean, steps. things are changing yeah. so fast. So important point, uh, going back, mm -hmm. you talk about six years with Marketo and I was, you know, this is, this is your six year on demand gen radio. Yeah. I was just talking to, you know, a, a, a friend's daughter I mentioned to you and mm -hmm. she's considering a role in marketing operations. And yeah. I was explaining to her like this massive canvas of technology that is out there and, and the job of, of marketing operations to stitch it all together and to make mm -hmm. it work. Um, I think it's important to talk about like you guys have gone all in on the Adobe stack, mm -hmm. right? This last year is was a big expansion for you guys and bringing in tools that you guys hadn't previously uh, been using. What what has that been like to dive into the e-commerce tools and, and learn new things on a personal level uh, and get the team rallied around these new tools? It's been a challenge for, I think, us holistically because, you know, from a marketing perspective, you know, starting off with Marketo and starting to learn that and, and learn there and then bolting on Adobe from an AEM perspective and, and starting to get more and more. This has really challenged my team to get more into IT, more into product, more into the nuts and bolts of APIs and, and very, very technical work that we're now being asked to play. Um, again, I remember when I just got to send out emails, that was fun. Uh, and just align with sales don't. for the most part, but yeah. it's way more diversity in terms of the different groups that you're having to work with, uh, than maybe you've had to work with, uh, as extensively in the past. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely much more IT much more technical. Mm -hmm. And the people that I'm finding are thriving in my organization are varied. You know, it's, it's funny when you come to me or anybody else comes to me and says, Hey, I have somebody that wants to get in this, but they have a degree in, I don't care. We have a paralegal who is doing great as a project manager because they're very detail oriented. Yeah, they are. We've had people with physics degrees and engineering degrees and all that stuff. Great. Sounds good. Like we have people with no degrees. It's, are you willing to learn it? And are you willing to adapt with and change? Because we're changing on a daily, weekly, monthly basis. Yeah. Six months ago, I couldn't tell you intricacies of IT release cycles. And now I can talk your ear off about it. And nobody probably wants to hear that. And you probably weren't studying cart abandonment analytics and looking at how to recycle abandoned cart people into nurture programs mm -hmm. and and things like that. Mm -hmm. It is, it, you know, the, the, the foundation that we build with these other tools from, you know, Star all started probably with the website in the nineties mm -hmm. and then it was analytics for the website. And then we eventually got into the, the email marketing systems and then the marketing automation systems. And mm -hmm. boy, it's, boy, it's gone crazy. Um, let's talk about e-commerce. I going back yeah. to the nineties. I remember, I feel like it was like, let's call it 1995. I went mm -hmm. to it, uh, mm -hmm. I think his name was Chris Lynn. Um, and I said, we need to sell our hardware online. This is you know, mid nineties. And he's like, yeah, no, no one's gonna wanna put their credit card information online. And I'm like, mm -hmm. um, I beg to differ. Uh, so let's talk about it. And the reason is, is because 
the Apple stores, the people that carry Macintosh networking equipment, which is what we sold, product called PhoneNet back in the day, um, mm -hmm. they're going away. There's no there's no Macintosh retailers anymore. And and if we don't do something, mail order is the only place they can buy it. I think we need to sell it on the site. And it was a really big leap for me, Kate, to like tell the board of directors of now a publicly held company, like we're going to go sell our stuff online. And they're like, well, how much revenue are you going to generate? Like, I have mm -hmm. no idea. I just know we mm -hmm. have to do this. I'm going with my gut that if we don't learn to sell these products online, we will be out of business at some point or, or lose a significant part of our channel that I don't think we'll just replace with, with mail order. So the question I want to ask for you is like, is marketing operations and marketing playing a role to decide what to sell online? Or is that like product management that is coming to you guys and saying, we're going to now sell, or this is a new service that we're putting out. Where does it, where does the Genesis start for what gets sold online, how to price it and the UI for even uh, making it accessible and delivering? Where does that start? Is that in marketing operations or is that a collaboration? It's a, I think it's a collaboration across the board. It's, you know, product is, product is pushing what they would like to sell online and that's key. Um, but digital strategy and digital operations also have to play a role there to say, is this smart? So that's where digital strategy comes in. Where do we think we can see lift and how much lift is, is the juice worth the squeeze? Are we looking at putting like in a ton of effort and we're going to get $5 of revenue, or are we looking at putting in a ton of effort and we're going to get a million dollars in revenue? And then marketing operations has to come in and say, is this physically possible? And sometimes we push back and we say, you know what, guys, this isn't physically possible. You can't ask somebody 700 questions that are needed to configure your product online. It's, it's not the right fit. Or strategy is going to come and say, hey, you think you're not going to get any incremental lift. That's not the right product to put online because mm -hmm. we've got 20 other products behind you. I think the, the biggest problem that I face is we are the shiny toy and the shiny toy in the playground. Everybody wants to be digital. So really? we're having to push back all the time to say, are you going to see incremental lift? Yes or no, because of this. Is your product simple enough to be online? Can I do this in uh, 15 clicks or 15 minutes? Um, we totally stole that from the Geico people. So <laughs> if Geico is listening, we've stolen it and adapted it to us to say, if it takes more than 15 clicks or 15 minutes to configure your product, we're not. that's not an online experience. Nobody's going to sit there for an hour and plug in, you know, you. 75 pieces of information. Mm -hmm. And does that bar, is that bar always met? No. Do, does somebody have to sometimes go about that? Sure. But yeah. that's our 80, 20 rule. That's our benchmark that we start yeah. with. I have so many questions for you. Let's so many. Um, I want to get to Adobe in a minute because yeah. I think it's an important question to ask. Let's start with that. Yeah. This is not, I should tell everyone, this is not sponsored by Adobe. Adobe's not even aware that we're making this and we're going to say whatever we want. And if you know, Kate, Kate will tell you like it is. <laughs> um, Adobe comes in with a really big message. You know, they are selling yeah. the whole enchilada the, mm -hmm. the benefit, their, their unique selling proposition of how all this integrates together from their creative suite, the analytics tools, the e-commerce tools, the whole enchilada. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. What's been your experience working with them and embracing these tools and getting results from it? For, for someone who's maybe hearing their pitch, are you a happy yeah. customer? Are you yeah. feeling success? Yeah, overall, yes. I mean, do we have challenges? 
I think we'd have them with anybody. Um, are there hard parts, hard things to work through? Absolutely. The, the pitch came to us and it, it was a slow roll of a pitch. I think they came to us with this idea of going all in five years ago, probably, um, I'm guessing. And it was a slow roll. We have, we have Adobe sites. Hey, we also have Marketo. Adobe bought Marketo. Now they're under the same umbrella. We have Target. We have analytics. Hey, we can start making things work together. So it became a natural progression for us. It wasn't as much a, I'm going to rip out an eloquent instance, a WordPress instance, 700 other things and go all in. It was a, how do we start to bundle? And as we start to look at new things, how do we make sure those new things bolt together? Mm -hmm. And that was, that was the value proposition that resonated with us. It mm -hmm. wasn't a, let's rip everything out. It was a, we kind of naturally got there. Yeah. Probably not as fast as Adobe would like us to get mm -hmm. there, uh, obviously, but we got there eventually and, and slow rolled it into what we needed. My next question is then mm -hmm. both for you, Scott, the team. Yeah. Doesn't it feel great? It's a loaded question. Doesn't it feel great to create infrastructure that literally drives revenue as opposed to those of us who have had to send everything through the channel or through the sales team to literally be able to launch a campaign and go from click to close within marketing. I found that the most rewarding part of my marketing career when we got to start doing that. And it's like, cause it's such black magic to try to figure out attribution, other things when you don't have that ability. And then you have to, you know, sales rings the, the fricking bell. Where's no, I'm late on that. And my timing's terrible on the bleep button. But I said freaking anyway. Um, like it's us now. We're driving revenue in these e-commerce. What does it feel like? Uh, weighted question. We have we have always been tracking our revenue um, for as long as as long as I can. I've been in this seat. I've been responsible for leads and how many leads we're generating and how do we track those leads all the way through and and that was something that that my boss did very smartly as marketing operations kind of came about was we were not a cost center. We we were able to show you our revenue numbers right away. We were yeah. able to show you right away, hey, we generated 10 leads. We have a direct line of attribution. This isn't any funny numbers. This isn't a, a, a funny math that I sent you an email six months ago and, and now you closed and I get credit for a million dollars. This was, this lead was generated on this form and here we go. Um, so that has always been there. I think now it's a little stricter. We have a number to hit. Yeah. We have, <laughs> we have sales numbers. Really which, total accountability. Are we hitting those on every product? Are we hitting those across the board? So yes, we, we do have autonomy, but now we have a lot more responsibility that possibly we didn't have before yeah. from a market, a pure marketing perspective. But now that it's kind of lumping together, it makes sense. It makes sense on how we're doing it and how we're tracking everything. Do you, do you celebrate it uh, in any way? You know, it's like sales has club and they have, you know, because there's so many people involved in achieving sales mm -hmm. numbers. And like, are you adapting anything to, to, to ring the digital bell, if you will, or to to celebrate the success of a, either a launch of a new uh, product or service that you're generating now revenue for? 
Um, I, I mean, we're not as fancy as sales. We don't have a club. We don't, you know, go to the Bahamas or anything. Uh, but yeah, I mean, we celebrate the wins, mm-hmm. the, the hard fought battles of getting products out the door, but to us, it is very much the same as any other piece of tech launch. Yeah. So if we put a new product up on the website or I install Marketo, those are the same kind of work and the same kind of celebration to us. Okay. And then from an ops team, the ops team kind of moves on to the next thing. You know, from an overarching digital perspective, you know, we're tracking revenue and all of that kind of stuff. But my my operators and my developers and all of all of those kinds of people, as soon as they launch one product, they are on to the next. And yeah. you know, they don't they don't look back. Let's make it a little personal. Let's talk about for the mm-hmm. people listening to the the to the podcast. You know, I've watched you in your career for the time that we've known you um, mm-hmm. go from doing this work to being, for the most part, a, a professor. You know, you were out there doing public speaking and serving as a role mm-hmm. model of what to do with Marketo or what to do with demand generation, B two B marketing, attribution, the things that you were talking about. It's why folks like me reach out to you and want to get you on the podcast so you can share your insights and recipes. Now you've you've expanded your expertise and knowledge into these new tools. And I'm sure mm-hmm. like all of us have, like those are big leaps. And especially when they're things we haven't done before, what are your thoughts of advice for marketers listening in terms of going into the e-commerce path and, and broadening their, whether it's Adobe or what have you, but you know, broadening their platform of tools and knowledge. I imagine it's pretty hard to fill CSON on the team, but I just, from a personal level, how are you feeling about your own um, knowledge and growth and advice you have for others that that haven't taken this leap yet into this next level of uh, marketing operations? Yeah, I, I would say go for it. Um, but be prepared that it is a whole different animal. Um, and that's, I think, the things that we're finding and, and have been continuous for us. And I sit on calls now and IT dev release cycles and all of those kinds of things. Like, in marketing, we were fairly insulated. Mm-hmm. Was I was I good at it? Sure, but we were pretty insulated, and we didn't have to interface with seven million organizations that we have to now. So diving into it and taking the expertise of here's how we be nimble and agile and get things done and be those kind of people who can push through is really really important but we're also now a part of a larger machine mm-hmm. because e-commerce doesn't exist without everything else. E-commerce doesn't exist without downstream billing and ordering systems. E-commerce doesn't exist without product and provisioning and everything else where previously we were kind of captains of our own ship. The website exists in its entirety. Yeah, we need creative input and we need design and we need those kind of people, but they're all in marketing too. So we're friends right. with them. Yeah. Now, now it's okay. Are we talking correctly to some system that is 17 pieces downstream yeah. that we really have to go into? And it doesn't matter if you're selling widgets or service or anything else. It's a, it's a big old world out there because if somebody has to, to ship a bottle, well, you need to get that to the shipping department. You need to get that to ordering. You need to get that build correctly. Mm-hmm. All of those kinds of things that we didn't have to worry about before. Mm-hmm. So my advice would be jump in. It's it, it's definitely doable, but just be prepared that around every corner, there's going to be another person going, wait, 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 wait. You haven't thought about 
these 14 things right, right. now. Yeah. And, and we just have to add them to the list. So yeah. I think the biggest thing that I've learned and been able to bring to the party is how do we just slow down, take a breath and chunk through things one at a time, the same way we would any other marketing campaign, any other digital campaign. Okay. What's the next thing that has to be done? What roadblocks do we have to get out of the way? And how do we chunk it up and get the right people in place to do it? If you were, if you were making a career move, um, would you now look for, again, I'm thinking about the people listening to this. Like there are many people who don't do anything in e-commerce today in marketing. Mm -hmm. They're just, it's not either relevant to their business or their company hasn't decided to sell online. Uh, Mm -hmm. you guys almost like had a must have crystal ball with the pandemic. I mean, to know that there would be more and more and more focus in this area, but would you go look for an opportunity in marketing operations at a company only if they had e-commerce or wanted to move in that direction or like how important is this aspect now of marketing operations to you personally? It's not, you know, I, and my career advice to anybody would be, find the right fit for you. I I look at myself and say, when I came to this job, I literally ran telemarketing vendors at what was then Quest. And through mergers and acquisitions and job role changes and those kinds of things, I've gotten more and more bolted on. I did Marketo as a side gig. Literally, it was like 10% of my job along with everything else that I had going on. So looking for something specific it's going to be really hard to find. Mm -hmm. I say, look for the right fit, just as I look for the right fit for our organization. When I'm hiring and I have a a massive team now, we're looking for the right kind of thinkers, the right kind of operators, the right kind of people who can do stuff. I don't care what your degree is in. Frankly, I don't care if you have a degree or not. I care that you can ask critical questions. You can have persistence to make sure your projects are done on time. All of that kind of stuff is way more important to me than trying to find the unicorn role that is owns e-commerce, owns this, that, and the other thing. Mm -hmm. That doesn't really make a difference to me because organizations are shifting so quickly. I, you know, I didn't have an e-commerce role, you know, this time last year because Mm -hmm. we didn't have Magento commerce then. Now we do. And now it's part of my role. So my advice would be get to the right kind of company with the right kind of thinkers and the right kind of leaders and do something in the space. And you never know what's going to get bolted on or taken off. Frankly, I don't run telemarketing anymore. It's a, it's definitely a a very expanding field of marketing. We've seen, you know, one of my friends ran one of the largest Magento uh, e-commerce professional services company, you know, like Demangen, but for Magento, you know, we mm-hmm. are to probably Marketo and marketing automation as they were to Magento. They were acquired by ENY, and you know, we've been building up our uh, resources and expertise and looking at uh, inorganic ways to grow the practice because e-commerce mm-hmm. is definitely here to stay. And the and the talent, uh, there's not a lot of people out there who have have been doing this for a long uh, period of time, especially with these new um, tools. The uh, the learnings from it. Um, mm-hmm. Anything you want to share in terms of advice for people who are either on this e-commerce path or or going to go on it? Just some 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 Kate tips on a, approaching it, whether it's dealing with vendors, how to select technologies, deploying, uh, realizing that their skills maybe you 
need to develop or have or, or acquire into mm -hmm. your team? What what's on your brain when you think about advising people going down the e-commerce path? Um, so I'll start with technology because that's the easiest for me. Um, make sure everything talks to each other. That that is our key tenant across the board. If it doesn't talk, that's not going to help us. So whatever stack you're on, whatever kind of things you've pulled together, make sure everything is as much as you can talking to each other. Um, that's, that's kind of the first piece of suggestion as you start to evaluate going down this path. Mm -hmm. And then if you're, once you get on the path, it, the path is hard because of all those downstream people that I talked about, because we don't have the autonomy that we used to, that I can't just put my head down and say, okay, that's fine. I'm going to make it a late night and build 17 emails and get them out the door. That was a fine practice before. It's not one that we have anymore. Mm -hmm. It's one that we have to be the most organized, the best communicators, all of those other skills become the most important because we have to talk to everybody else and we're not self-sufficient. Yeah. So those skills, as I look to hire, become much more important. Is my person who's a paralegal very important? Absolutely. Why? She's real organized. Mm -hmm. She's real, real organized. And that's key to getting things put together is, you know, my person who has come to me and has doesn't have a degree, but is scrappy. Is that person important? Absolutely, because he's not afraid to go find out the right person to talk to and keep going until he gets that yes, until he gets that answer. Yeah. Those are kind of my pieces of advice is you just have to be organized. You just have to be on top of things and you have to know that it's hard. And that's the hardest part, I think, for me and my organization. They're used to, I can put my head down. We can get this done tonight. I'm going to pull an all-nighter like I'm in college and this email program is out the door. That's not an option anymore for us. Mm -hmm. We are, uh, we're launching our website. Imagine that. We're launching BDOdigital.com. Never has existed before. There was an area for our services within BDO.com, but we're launching our own site for the business. And the QA that we're doing on that is orders of magnitude less than what an e-commerce QA cycle is like, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, there's a broken link. Maybe someone gets a 404 error and you'll fix it and you'll find it and you'll look at the server logs and go, okay, we've got some things to fix. It's, you know, I'm not saying we're not going to do, we're going to do careful QA. We want people to have good website experience. But when you because all of us will call you. If yeah. It's bad. <laughs> hey Dave, good, good job. Um, I, I got a, I got a 404 error. Uh, by the way, what is it? It's July 15th right now. I would say yeah. by mid-August, four weeks from now, depending on when someone listens to this, go check out BDODigital.com. See if you can find a 404 error. <laughs> there's you should offer a prize. There's $100 in it for you if you can find a 404 error. How's that until, <laughs> until we run out of money? Um, it, it's exciting to launch the site. Uh, this is, I don't know how many website launches in, in my mm -hmm. career, but this is, um, it's fun to launch a website for an already established 100 and you know, plus million dollar company. We just never had our own site. Uh, and we're really focusing on BDO's uh, digital services. But the point I want to make is I'm not, I don't go through what, what you guys are going through. We're not, we're not launching e-commerce where, you know, if somebody makes a purchase and the purchase isn't completed, but they think it did and they can't get their product or don't get 
the registration confirmation sent to the backend system that now provisions that high speed internet. I mean, it's orders of magnitude at a different level. How does how do you how do you how do you sleep at night dealing with some of those complexities? <laughs> Depends on the night. <laughs> it's funny we rebranded um, Lumen from CenturyLink uh, September fifteenth of twenty twenty. So I like to say that we did that. Um, it was a secret. We didn't tell anybody. We switched platforms and we completely rebuilt a new look, feel, brand, and website um, in a vacuum. And wow. that was so much easier than what we're doing right now. Amazing. It was so much easier to be able to say, okay, yes, we're QAing for 404 errors and we're doing all this stuff. But again, very small team was able to get it done. And and this one is, this one is harder. This one is harder, but I will still take you up to try to find your 404. Okay. It's a hundred dollars in it for you. Um, <laughs> you, uh, you work very hard and you work very diligent and you're a very, very strong leader in your organization, um, to rally people to do these things. Um, th these are, these are big efforts, especially with the rebrand that you guys did. It's a lot of work. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down, you've got a very short, uh, cycle to do it. Um, are you, you at the, not, not that this is something you think about every single day, but when does your LinkedIn profile get updated and talk about the e-commerce work and the hundreds of millions of dollars that, that your group's, uh, generating? When does that, when does that make it on there? <laughs> Whenever I have five minutes, yeah, um, which you don't have right now, <laughs> which I don't have right now. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, eventually it will, um, it's not, I, I don't feel like I'm mature enough to, and, and I don't know what I will feel like yeah. I'm mature enough to be able to do that, but, um, it will, when I, when I have that, that spare time to, uh, to take care of that. It's, stuff. it's big league marketing. It's, uh, it I, I remember in the nineties when, you know, we, we used to tell people, oh yeah, my website is HTTP colon. And then the forward slide, like the one that goes this way, the, and you would spell out the whole URL. We were, it was that nascent, but when yes. we launched e-commerce, you know, when Chris, finally got on board and we, we did it through. And that first freaking order came through. It was like, holy shit, this works. Someone you just forgot your beat bought. button. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> holy, <laughs> this works. Ah, there, yeah. my time is getting better. I'll have to cuss more and work on that. Um, it was really rewarding. It was really satisfying. Yeah. And even though yeah. I think that first order was like for like a couple hundred bucks, it was like, People are going to put their credit card uh, online. Now, I'll tell you this. You said something earlier about certain price points. Mm -hmm. Like you, I have to pay a lot of money every year for all the technology that we use. And mm -hmm. you know what? I don't want to or need to talk to a salesperson on those renewals. I actually hate talking to the salespeople on those renewals because it's the only time of the year that they call me. And when they call, it's like, you know, we're just checking to make sure you're up for renewal in 30 days. And I'm like, yep, we are. Did our pricing change? Well, you know, we have a 7% increase every year. I'm like, no, I'm not going for that. Like, you know, did I get 7% more functionality or more? You know, so you did that dance yeah. and then all this is a dance. And then it's finally, okay, we're sending you the DocuSign and you can do it. It's like, I probably would have just signed the DocuSign if I'm valuing the product. And, but yeah, I have to go. Did your user count change or that type of stuff? So I do find even those are big ticket items. The initial purchase, sure. I wanted Adobe in my building many, many times talking with their team and making sure that the stuff that they're telling me is going to work because we're building our whole business on that infrastructure. What do you think about it? And do you see that in Lumen's business that 
renewals uh, and maybe some even cross-sell, upsell areas, mm -hmm. you can just e-commerce that completely and take the sales function out of it. Even though initially, maybe it was a salesperson where they had to do involved in the purchase. I think it depends on the product again, and it depends on the relationship. Um, I think you need better sales reps if they're only coming to you every time that they're they're talking to you about major purchases at renewal time. time. <laughs> but but then that turns into something that is transactional. The the question mark that that comes up for us is, do you need a relationship? Is that important? Is that something that that people come to expect? I don't expect a relationship from my, my internet provider. I just don't, I, I have it. I can buy it online. I can do that. I don't expect a relationship, but as a company, do you expect to grow that? How can we help you? And, and some of that sales functionality is turning into the learn process. And, and that's kind of for us, I think the next great frontier is how do we help you make decisions? How do we help you and give you the information that a sales rep would give you and help guide you through that buying process. Yeah. You, Dave Lewis, don't want to talk mm -hmm. to a sales rep and that's great, but do you know everything that's out there? Do you and know the point. what what the new bells it's, and whistles are? No, and, and that's the point for me. Like It's just a renewal, so it's transactional at that point. Mm -hmm. If it was more than that, if I was scaling up my investment or going wider, but in the case, it's, it's just a... It's but, just a renewal. It's like I went to the UPS store yesterday and the guy's like, hey, we don't have your credit card on file and you're up for your annual renewal. And I stood there and went, here. He's like, okay, thanks. Like that that was it. Like, but when I got the PO box, there was a lot more conversations around their services and, and those type of things. But let me ask you this question. I mean, do you necessarily need somebody who can say, should that UPS guy, I'm sure he was lovely, um, not have just said, hey, here's your UPS boxes up for renewal, but do you know, have you investigated these things? Has your business need changed? Do you need a bigger box? I don't know. They have different sizes. Yeah, I have no do. idea why. <laughs> uh, I have no idea why, but they have different sizes. Hey, we've noticed that you are constantly overflowing from your box. Have you thought about upgrading? And those kind of guided selling experiences also need to come online mm -hmm. so that we can not only help you with that renewal, but help coach you. Do you need a bigger box? Do you need another bell and whistle? Are you sending shipments out five times a week? And if you pay $5, we'll just come to your office and right. package it for you. Yeah. I don't, I don't ship a lot of things. I have no idea what bells and whistles they offer, but guided selling really is that marriage to us of e-commerce and truly learn functionality and how do we help people? And this is our totally. next frontier. How do we help educate and get you to the right product as we're selling it to you? And as we're trying to make this experience easy, but we also are going to continue to have to have those offerings to yeah. say, whoop, you lost me at this point. How can I talk to a seller? How can I have that conversation to make sure I'm going down the right path? You brought up on the guided selling stuff, the mm -hmm. one of the significant advantages of doing e-commerce because of the consistency that can be provided to a buyer. They should have tried to do an upsell or a cross sell yesterday. Uh, they didn't. They just literally wanted my credit card to enter 
into the system. And they do have many different size boxes. And that's a good question. Kate, I'm going to ask them. I have to mail out a book today. I'm mailing out. I had to slide over for it. I'm mailing out Michael's book, Michael McKinnon's The Marketing Operations Handbook uh, that he wrote um, to someone who wants a career in marketing operations. And I will go there and I'll ask them, why do you have the different box sizes? Because they'll hold anything for you in the back right. if your box isn't big enough. So why do you have, it's a great, you know, this is, this is important topics that we are covering well, here. It is. And it, it shows the value of putting e-commerce under that marketing umbrella too, yeah. because guided selling is really that learn process. It's not necessarily buy, it's more of that learn process. So it, as everything starts to connect, you know, the questions that we're asking is if I'm walking you through guided selling and we're talking about box sizes or whatever, how am I configuring this for you at the same time mm -hmm. on the back end? Mm -hmm. So that once you say, yeah, this is actually what I want, you click a button and there's your cart already configured, already ready to go. Like those are kind of our next frontiers. Yeah. As, as far as what we're trying to get to and how, how do we then start to understand what can we bolt on for you? You know, you're buying security. Do you need um, access to go with that? Do you need network to go with that? Do you need all these different bells and whistles? Can we get you multiple products? Can we make this simple for you? Mm -hmm. You know, that UPS guy probably could have sold you the box, could have sold you the packaging, could have sold you, you know, I'm going to mail this for you and the shipping label and all of those kinds of things. That's what, you know, we strive to be eventually. We're yeah. not there yet, yeah. but the guided selling is going to help us get there and help us say, not just here's a white paper on X, Y, or Z, but here's a white paper and here's us asking you questions to help you get to where you need to be in relation to that. Yeah. You know what he should have sold? What? Multi-year, because I've had a PO box there for, I don't know, 20 years, a long time. I love having a PO box uh, for all kinds of reasons. And he could have said, hey, by the way, we have a special guided selling, sign up for three years, you get a small discount because then they get the cash up front. And, you know, mm -hmm. um, want to hit one last topic. And that is, mm -hmm. uh, you talked about the importance of having everything integrated. Uh, mm -hmm. Those of us that have grown up with marketing automation, we would never even evaluate or consider one if it didn't connect seamlessly to our CRM because mm -hmm. of the integration uh, benefits, something that Marketo does very well, as many mm -hmm. as well as some of the other systems. Uh, you talked about the integration ability for tools like this in e-commerce. Uh, that was essential for you and that was, was important. What type of, so in cart abandonment, right? Mm -hmm. if, if someone abandons a cart, you want to probably trigger a nurture in mm -hmm. Marketo to kick out and says, looks like we lost you, right? As you were blah, blah, blah. Um, and I remember Sherry Johnson, I don't know if she listened to the podcast, but I remember Sherry when she was at Avid back in the day, built specific nurture programs that she won an award for, for cart abandonment. And the win back on those were incredible. So there's one example of integration between e-commerce and your CRM and, and marketing. I mean, what are some of the other things is the question that you would look for in stitching some of this other stuff together? It depends yeah. probably on different companies and what their infrastructure is. But, you know, if you're a SaaS company, you want to, you know, hook into your SaaS licensing system and 
and stuff like so, what, what have you so seen? it's not over it's not only you know sherry's fabulous nurture emails that are that are sending out emails but it's how am i advertising to you how am i serving up customized content on the website how am i looking at what content you've already consumed to understand what is the next piece of content in the in the flow cycle like are you looking at super high level top of funnel content and we need to start pushing you down so it's all of those different elements and all of those different areas that become important and the more your stuff interconnects the better you are with that across the board mm -hmm. so not only do i need e-commerce to connect to marketo so i can send an email i need it to connect to our website so we're serving up the right heroes and the right banners and the right a b tests but I needed to connect to the CDP DMP. So our advertising dollars are being spent in the best ways so that all of that up funnel stuff, can we use it to start changing content within certain places? Everything up funnel can kind of then be triggered by that. So in my mind, the farther and farther and closer you get to the end of the funnel, it Everything just has to work upstream from that, whether that's who you're inviting to events at the top of the palms. Um, fun fact, I'm afraid of heights, so I did not leave the inside room to the nice veranda at the palms. Um, okay. I didn't. I don't like heights. Not a fan. Um, so, you know, how are we inviting the right people to events? How are we going to the right conferences? All of that kind of stuff. But you want to hook it all together because if you've got abandoned cart, what's your next webinar? If you've got a nurture campaign that somebody's clicking on, how do we change content? It's the same thing that it's always been in marketing ops. It's just taking it one more step farther. Love it. I could talk to you all day about e-commerce because I love it. I think it's my favorite aspect of marketing because it really gives you that that dopamine hit of uh, what we're doing is is working on a very regular basis. But it's for us, it's Friday afternoon. It it's, is. You're an hour later, right? I am at three o'clock. It's almost yeah, uh, it's getting close five o'clock somewhere. Well, thank you to you. And thank you for everybody tuning in. Thank you for being episode two. And now yeah. episode, I think, I don't know, two, 260 at least. Um, I, I really want to thank you for bringing a topic that we've never covered before and talking about um, the importance of getting the technologies right and the level of effort that it takes in collaboration with these with these different uh, departments. You are fearless. It's one of the things I love about you and your team. And you know, we all had certain times have imposter syndrome and vulnerabilities, and we got to fake it until we make it. And and those of us in marketing that have grown up back when it was just you know pretty pictures and and uh, shapes and circles and colors, uh, we're we're changing the world, and we're we're closer to the customer than we've ever been. And I'm, Really proud of you and the team for being so Thanks. courageous and doing what you're doing. It's awesome. Thank you. Well, come visit us the next time you come to Denver. I will do that. Let me say bye to everybody else. Don't go away. And to, hey, all of you guys, uh, I don't know if it's your weekend, but if it is your weekend, make it a great weekend. If it's not a weekend for you, I hope you're listening to this on a walk or a bike ride and getting out there and enjoying the good weather of summer. Hope it's good weather where you are. I know there's some interesting weather around the country. Thanks for tuning in to Demand Gen Radio. Been doing this for six years now. I find it very, I just love the conversations that I have with guests like Kate, but I hope you guys enjoy the content. If you do, um, would love to hear from you on LinkedIn. Drop me a note. This is Dave. I'm tuning in because uh, that's always nice. That's a little dopamine hit uh, for me, very selfishly, but love to know that you're out there. If you are new to the channel, uh, be sure to click on subscribe so that you can get more of the content 
Uh, if you're listening to this, that's on your favorite podcast app. But if you also want to watch us, although Kate and I are just looking at each other, but it's uh, we do do a lot of show and tell content as well on demandgen.tv. That's our YouTube channel. We show a lot of the MarTech tools. And, uh, you know, based on Kate's conversation today, I'm going to invite Adobe to come on there and show some of their e-commerce technologies because we haven't featured those yet. All right. Thanks for tuning in. We'll catch you guys on the next episode. Take care. You've been listening to Demand Gen Radio, bringing you the top industry experts, thought leaders, authors, marketing technology firms, and senior marketing leaders from around the world to teach you the methods and technologies for high-performance marketing.